welcome to Life in a Leo. This is episode 10, and I'm your host, Rebecca Dengro. Just a quick intro today, because we have a long interview with Lauren Hopkins from the Gymtronet. She is awesome, and I love her passion for gymnastics. We also heard from a lot of you about your best things at States last week, so stay tuned to hear those great moments after the interview. Now let's get into the show. Hi, Podcast Nation. I'm here tonight with Lauren Hopkins from the Gymtronet. If you haven't heard of the Gymtronet, then you're really missing out and you got to check it out. So we're going to learn a little bit more about Lauren, what motivated her to create the Gymtronet and everything that she loves about gymnastics and even beyond that. So Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> Let's start with how did you get into the sport of gymnastics? So basically, I was a kid in the sport and I was terrible. I couldn't do anything. I was so like mentally bad at gymnastics. I would think about everything so much and then would go to like actually do it. But like my brain just couldn't wrap itself around everything that I was trying to physically do. And so it was problematic because I just like couldn't do anything. (laughs) So I spent about like five ish years just working around the same gym sport and um, not really going anywhere so by the time I was like 12 or 13 I just gave it up and that was like um, shortly after 90 the 1996 Olympics so I still loved the sport and was obsessed with Dominique Mochianu and all of the the 96 girls and so um, it was something that I definitely still followed but like just couldn't figure out how to physically do and then I guess as I stayed kind of like a an on and off fan over the years because it was harder back in the day to like stay up to date with everything going on. But yeah, I think once I noticed there was more of like a social media presence around the sport, I got super into like chatting with other people about it. And then that led to more like analyzing it and then actually writing about it. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So when did you, so was it like the early 2000s was when you started writing about it or was it earlier than that? It was actually later than that. It was actually like 2010. Oh, wow. I say. Yeah. So I had kind of talked to a few people online, like back and way back in the day, like when forums were still like a big thing. Yeah. I guess they still kind of are, but like I don't <laughs> do them, but <laughs> um, they were like a big deal because there wasn't like Twitter or Tumblr or whatever. So um, there were a few like message boards that I would read and then, um, I think it was like around Beijing where I noticed there was more of like a presence elsewhere. And so it just became easier to talk to people like in real time, I guess. And then, yeah, I think it was maybe two years after Beijing when I started writing about it for the couch gymnast. And so that's when it kind of became something that I could do on a basis that was more than just like, you know, writing my own personal thoughts on Twitter or something like, yeah, but I had, I had a little while, like just writing my own sort of like bloggy kind of things and then then decided like oh I can actually maybe write about it for real and not just like on my own personal account Uh, oh super cool did you did you have like aspirations to become a journalist and so this was a different way for you to channel those goals or was it just sort of a hobby that you then have continued to build upon um, kind of like a mix of both. I had always wanted to be a writer and I happened to be going into college, like right around the time that I started writing about the sport. And so as I was in college and studying, I was a history major. So I was like, what can I do with this? <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> there's really nothing. And so I 
was thinking like, oh, well, it's a lot of writing and it would be cool to be a writer, but like who like becomes a writer or like, it's not like a thing that happens for most people and writing a little bit for my college newspaper and then writing for the couch gymnast. And then I kind of thought like, oh, well, this is fun. Like, even if it doesn't turn into like a career or something like that, it's still fun to, to do it as like a hobby, I guess. So yeah, it was kind of a mix. And can you give us some, like, what is the Gymternet and how did you even manifest the idea of the Gymternet and how did that all come about? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I had been writing for the Couch Gymnast for about four years by the time that I started my website. And it was kind of like the Couch Gymnast had been around for a really long time and a lot of people really loved that blog. But then something happened like within the website world where <laughs> I'm so bad at like tech talk. <laughs> Something happened within the website that caused it to like lose all of its data. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, so we were going into classics in 2014 and I had a press pass for Couch Gymnast, but like there was no website at that point. So it's kind of like, well, I can't just go and then not write for anyone. <laughs> so um, I just started a site randomly in the middle of the night because I was kind of like, I need something just to like <laughs> chill up. And, like, like, look, I have an actual blog that I'm writing for. It's not just like my own personal, <laughs> you know. Twitter account that I have a press pass for. So I wanted to make it a little bit official. And then, yeah, it just, it was kind of just one of those middle of the night things. And um, I had just graduated from college and was just kind of like, well, it would be cool to not only have like a blog, because Couch Universe was more like a yep. blog, um, but it would be cool to have like a blog. And then also, I wanted to kind of turn it into more like a community space, which I did try having like a message board at one point, but then I realized like, it works better in the comment boards and stuff. But yeah, I tried to make it more into like a lot more meat coverage, like where you're going there personally and doing like video and, um, and photo and that kind of stuff. And then um, just trying to make it into more of like, I don't know, a community place where people can come and talk, I guess. And then also read articles. Wow. Did you have, did you sort of pick up that whole following of the couch a gymnast or did you have to sort of gain your own following over time? Um, it was a little of both. I think I definitely came out of Couch Gymnast with a lot of people that knew my writing because with Couch Gymnast, I mostly wrote about the Americans. Okay. And so during the 2012 Olympics, I covered pretty much everything for the Couch Gymnast, actually. Um, I did a, I did the majority of like their live blogs and then I covered the Americans from like a deeper perspective kind of. And so a lot of people started like following me on social media from doing that. So I definitely had a, a sizable following, I guess you can say. And then so those people were happy to see that I had started my own site. Um, and they definitely all kind of jumped on board. I don't know if the whole readership came over or whatever, but it was definitely easier. And people always ask me now, a lot of like younger bloggers are like, how do you get your blog out there? And it's like, you have to start writing first, I think for other more established blogs. Mm-hmm. And then once you make yourself more known people want to read your stuff and they'll follow you so yeah so that's always the advice that I give is to just start writing for other people but um it's it definitely really helped me I don't think had I just started a blog out of the blue I can't imagine how hard <laughs> it would have been to just yeah gotten my name out there and differentiated myself I guess from the you know dozens of other people that are trying to do the same thing so that's awesome wow yeah what are some of your most memorable moments about like good or bad about writing about the sport I mean, my most memorable, memorable always are definitely um, going to Olympic trials because like the vibe in that arena is just so insane in the US. It's like covering those big meets where there's something on the line or where there's something 
something big that's happening. It's just like being in that crowd and being part of that just feels like indescribable. And so like, especially for 2016 for me, because I had done the entire quads worth of coverage, watching Simone at, you know, 14 as a junior and then coming in at the very beginning and like establishing herself as the best in the world when she was a first year senior. It was kind of like all of those things in that quad came together at Olympic trials in 2016 and just kind of like, Oh, it was just ridiculously amazing to like watch the whole process kind of. So that's definitely my most memorable um, just in terms of being a fan of the sport and then also being around so long and getting to see them from when they were young up until they get that moment of recognition and accomplishment when they get to see their Olympic dreams come true. And then again, also Lori Hernandez, seeing her at like 11 (laughs) at the World of Classic, seeing her choreography and her personality at 10 and 11 years old, and then just knowing in that moment, she's going to the Olympics. Like, (laughs) Wow. (laughs) To watch her entire career happen was beyond amazing. So yeah, those are definitely the good ones. Bad, I don't think. Um, I mean, you always get people who are, I don't want to say they're like stirring up trouble, but there's always someone that's going to be unhappy about something. Mm -hmm. And so like a parent who you like inadvertently don't post pictures of their kid because you just didn't happen to get any at a meet or something. And then they come after you and like, they think it's personal. Uh So stuff like that is always just kind of frustrating, especially because it's like, I don't have anything against any child. So I don't know why they would think like I'm purposely not trying to take pictures of their child, but you know, stuff like that always, always comes <laughs> up or even just a comment that's like constructive criticism or something, or like if a girl plays six, that nationals being like, Oh, her Olympic spot might be tough to get at this point because she hasn't been in the top group. And then a parent being like, she's going to the Olympics. She's the best <laughs> in the country. And it's just kind of like, okay. <laughs> so I've learned not to like really take any of that to heart basically uh-huh. but it, it can be a little like you know you work hard on something and you hope that people are reading it from like a critical perspective or from you know knowing that I'm not coming from a mean place necessarily but um yeah it can just it can be funny to see the responses for some of those right, things right well the gymnastics community yeah. is very passionate <laughs> yeah very <laughs> Um, I love the name, the gym turnet. I think you are like so on point with that. That is such a great name. (laughs) Well, it's actually like, I didn't even come up with the name. It was kind of like people just used the term, the gym turnet, like to describe the whole community of Uh people. And like the hardest thing for me when I'm like, it was probably three or four in the morning when I decided I wanted to make a website. And of course, like I set everything up and then was like, how, what do I call this thing? And I like, kept thinking of different possibilities and I hated all of them and then I the gym turnet kept floating into my mind and I was like but will people like be able to differentiate from like the general gym turnet and like my website but then I was like I'm just gonna do it because I need to go to bed (laughs) it's now like five in the morning (laughs) so yeah it, it was like a last minute like I have nothing else so this is happening and yeah it's it ends up being um I mean it's it was a clever whoever first started using it was clever for using yeah. it. And so, um, yeah, it, it definitely helps people remember, I guess, but yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Okay. So now switching gears a little bit, uh, yeah. one of the things that I always like to talk about here are leotards. So 
<laughs> do you have are there leotards that like stand out in your mind as being some of your favorites that you saw girls compete in or even ones that you wore when you were a gymnast um hmm. I mean I come from the velvet leotard, <laughs> so like all of them are super memorable and, amazing. Um, awesome. and I'll never forget any of them <laughs> so yeah those are or the crushed velvet or whatever yeah so those are definitely always my my faves. But for some reason, the one that I always go back to loving the most in the US was the 2007 World's Team Final Leo, where it was just like a very simple red with like the white Adidas stripes down like across and then down one side. Because yes. I love like very athletic, more looking Leos. And so I liked that that one was kind of, I mean, I like the sparkles and everything too. <laughs> but also like, I, I really like the aesthetic of having it look almost like you can tell that they're doing a sport maybe because sometimes you see Leo's and it looks kind of more like dancey or rhythmic or something. So I like, I like a lot of kinds of Leo's, but I also really like when we do see the like classically. So yeah, that's definitely a favorite. Nice. And then, so you got to cover the 2016 Olympics. Were you down in Rio? I was not, I was actually um, in Stanford, Connecticut working for NBC's digital team. So it was like we had our primetime team down in Rio and then our team was up in Stanford doing the live production basically, which you'd think it might be flip-flops because like everything we were doing was online streaming live and everything that the primetime team was doing, they had like a five hour delay basically to like prep and, you know, see videos and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we were, we were in Stanford. It was it was fun. Um, <laughs> it was definitely um, a great group of people. And I was working with John Horton and Courtney Capetz. And so, and then Jim Watson was also on our team. So it was kind of like just a really, really smart, um, hardworking group of mm -hmm. people. And yeah, and we had so much fun. And so we would always kind of like be jealous of the real <laughs> people, but we had our own fun in Connecticut. Uh -huh. so. <laughs> <laughs> did you feel like you learned new things about the sport working with Jonathan and Courtney? I did. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially about their experiences. And you always like kind of think you know what you're talking about. But to hear it like from someone who um, who has been there and done it. Um, and I think, you know, interviewing athletes, you do get some of that. But then also talking to them as friends and talking to them, um, you know, about what happened in 2004 that was like the biggest, I don't know, drama or whatever. And then just like hearing all the stories and all of the, that good stuff was a lot of fun. And then on the technical side, it was actually funny because having done the sport. So Courtney um, was doing the live stream for the U S subdivision for qualifications. And someone was doing a Weiler tip. I can't remember who, but Courtney, I think Jordan does that right. Jordan Weaver did it. Jordan Weaver did it, but it was, um, this was 2016. Oh, this was, um, okay. yeah. So I can't remember who, oh, Simone, probably. It was definitely Simone. So she had to name a lot of the skills on air and she was very thorough about making sure she knew all of like the names of the skills. But because she did most of them, I don't think she ever was like writing down their names or like memorizing any of yeah. that stuff. So she would mime skills and then I would like show what they were. <laughs> and, uh, so there's one day where she's standing like in our conference room and she's miming a Weiler kit. And like within half a second, I was like, Weiler kit. John Horton was like so freaked out by it. <laughs> and so to have that like connection of like 
because me not being able to physically do any skills when I was a kid, having like this Olympic medalist with me who could do them, but like didn't know what they were called. It was so funny. And it was just like the best sort of like, oh, this is amazing. Like I'm with one of my heroes growing up and we're on the same page with one of us being like short on something. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was nice to, um, to have it like, I don't know we made a good pair. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and they were so great. And they were always like, we're learning more from you and blah, blah, blah. And so it was like, cause I mean, when you're a gymnast, you're not constantly studying everything about it in the way that like gym nerds Uh do. It's very rare that gymnasts are like, will know names of skills or will know like the details behind a skill or something. And like, there was one that was like the toe on Chaposh and Courtney kept forgetting the name of it. And I was like, it's a Maloney. She was like, oh, I should know that. I <laughs> and so it was a lot of like, a lot of stuff like that, where I felt good about my, you know, comfortable about my knowledge in the sport, even though I hadn't been anywhere close to any sort of high level. So yeah, <laughs> it was, it was definitely just fun. And there was so much mutual respect. And yeah, I was very nervous going in. And, but to have them be so great and to respect me in like the same way that I respected them was just, I wasn't expecting that at all. So. Oh, that's really cool. And yeah. you guys won a Grammy for that coverage, right? Um, and Emmy. And it- yeah. So, um, yeah, we won, it was, um, the whole digital team ended up winning and it was for, um, trans, I should know <laughs> what we were <wanted> for. <laughs> it's like trans media for sport, something or other. <laughs> Transmedia was the big one, and that just means digital, I guess we were uh-huh. told. But um, yeah, so we won for that, and it was great because we were up against things like the World Series and wow. um, like um, NCAA football championships. So it was definitely a tough category, and I didn't really know what was happening until after we won, and then someone was like, "Hey, just so you know, <laughs> we won an Emmy," and I was like, "Oh, cool." But yeah, it was it was so I don't know. It's so weird to just like have an Emmy in my bedroom. Yeah. So that's really, <laughs> that's awesome. Do you feel like yeah. d- going through that whole experience has changed how you approach journalism at all? Or do you think it just made you a better journalist because, or, or, or none of the above? <laughs> um, I think it definitely helped me with how I prepare for things. Seeing like Jim Watson, who does a lot of like the PAC 12 um, broadcasts, yeah. he, researches more than like any human being has ever researched anything and so seeing things like that and seeing how he researches and how he preps himself for a competition like now I am so on top of everything when I go into a meet just because it's like he never makes when he makes mistakes they're very small and they're like when you're talking and you just your mind goes blank or whatever those are the kinds of mistakes he would make he doesn't make mistakes on like you know anyone anyone's facts or figures or skills or whatever he's talking about like he knows what he's talking about and so going into meets I used to always like not freak out but like especially doing a live blog I would get nervous like oh my god what if I don't know who these people are what if I can't see their faces or you know it's it's a lot of stuff happening at once Mm -hmm. and seeing him prepare and seeing everyone prepare really got me on this thing like oh if you just spend three hours before just studying everything then you go in and you're just like it's like acing the final exam when you cram right before pretty much but yeah it 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 was definitely something that I picked up on and that I do now for all of my meets and now I'm like just like 
I ease my way through them pretty much. So yeah, that was definitely oh, that's really cool. A huge help. Cool. Yeah. Have you kept in touch with Jim Watson since that experience? I've texted him a couple of times. Yeah. And then he was building a guest house during that. And so he kept saying like, you have to come stay in my guest house. <laughs> so I have to text him one of these days because he actually lives in the same city as my sister. So I'm kind of like, oh, I should go visit her and then just like stay in Jim's. Um, by the way, I'm coming to stay with you for like a week. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nice. <laughs> so going into, you know, like, I guess the elite season is just starting to get going here for the year are there who's on your radar right now like are there gymnasts out there that you're really excited to see coming up the ranks and stuff um the one that I'm really I mean Morgan heard that's obviously the big one in terms of the seniors just because like yes she won worlds last year but I think a lot of people thought like oh that's because Simone hadn't come back and Reagan Smith was injured like it never would have happened and blah 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 and but I just think she showed at worlds like this is what I'm actually capable of. And now that she's like had that one major meet under her belt, she's been able to show again now at American cup that like, that wasn't a fluke that she's actually really one of the best in the world in terms of all around. And we can't count her out just because other girls who we might seem, who might seem more, I don't know, able to continue their careers longer than just one season or whatever, just because they're coming back. Doesn't mean Morgan's gone. And I think a lot of people thought that initially. So I'm really excited that she showed at American Cup that she is even better than she was yeah, in the world. Yeah, she was amazing um, and, at American Cup. So impressed. Oh, my God. She was so good. Yeah. Yeah, I was definitely, like, nervous because I was like, I want this to be amazing. I want her to win. I want her to, like, prove that it wasn't a one-time thing. And I want her to just show that she can hit, like, super consistently. And I think she more than oh, yeah. that, especially with, like, all of her upgrades. And she has more coming. And I'm just blown away by her so I'm so excited that she is bursting out as like this amazing talent for the U.S. team and then also there's a new junior who kind of competed last year but wasn't really like national team level or anything um Kayla DiCello from oh, uh-huh. she, yeah she was at the national team camp last month yeah end of February early March I yeah. don't remember um, my birthday was fried, <laughs> but yeah uh, <laughs> And then I saw her compete at Gym Mix this weekend, and she's just so composed and so put together. And she's a Hills she kid, a right? She's a Hills kid, yeah. And she's very, like, um, she's very – at Gym Mix, it was interesting because there's a lot of girls from small from small gyms that don't really get a lot of competitive experience. And they would, like, make a mistake and then cry mm. and whatever. But, like, whenever she had something – she had very little go wrong, but when she did, she would always come walking away laughing. <laughs> and it was kind of, like, good to see because she had, like, her head in a good place, I want to say. Uh-huh. Um, whereas, like, a lot of competitors don't really have that mental capacity to handle things like that. So to see her, like, brushing it off and moving on was really good. And then also she's just – she was good last year, but this year she's just kind of pushing up as, like, I would say she's among the top juniors in the country right now. So, um, cool. Yeah. It, I'm really glad too, because last year Kelly Hill brought her girls to gym next. And that was before there was all this stuff going on with the national team camps, like being shut down and yep. whatever. So I really liked that she gave her girls that experience because it's like, if it's open to clubs, you might as well take your kids just because it's like, even if they're not going to be the top elites, it's still really invaluable experience to compete against other elite athletes from around the world. And I think having that experience last year really helped Kayla and her teammates um, mm-hmm. become stronger 
and now they're they're all really talented. It's a really great team that Hills has. <laughs> were there? <laughs> did you think were there more kids from the U.S. at Gymnics this year because of the stuff going on with USAG, or was it about the same as what you've seen in the past? Um, it's definitely a lot more. I think there ended up being so Hills was there, Cincinnati, Everest, Woga had like six girls. And then there were, oh, Connor McLean uh, went with her gym. So it was definitely a large group of U.S. girls. And my favorite thing about that is that they were up against, in their division, like the entire Canadian Olympic team from 2016, as well as international gymnasts from around the world. And the top five in the beam finals were all U.S. juniors, basically, which is kind of like to say that there were five U.S. juniors who outranked an Olympic beam finalists on beam at this competition is kind of amazing and so I think like that just proves to any coaches out there like how important it is to get your kids out to these meets and really get them like I I can't imagine how much of a confidence builder that is for these kids who are like you know Lily Lapete who's like 12 13 years old who's beating one of the Canadian Olympic team members on beam at an international competition like that's just got to be such a good experience and feeling and confidence boosters so yeah it was great seeing them do so well and it was great seeing them really stand up and show how strong the U.S. juniors are even in the face of all of this kind of like disaster happening within the national program oh that's awesome yeah cool uh switching gears again (laughs) what are some of uh your favorite things to do outside of gymnastics um My favorite thing is definitely um, reading and then traveling. So I do a lot of both. Yeah, I read a lot. I'm into like pretty much any book that comes my way. So whenever I'm not like writing about gymnastics, I'm usually reading a book. Um, And preferably that's happening on a plane to somewhere. Um, Yeah. Do you have any trips lined up? Um, Right now, no. My sister's wedding is this year. So I'll be in San Diego for that and then worlds which is in um doha and qatar so yeah so those two are the big ones that are planned but those aren't really like trip trips those are more gonna be like work and yeah um (laughs) i try to take at least one like fun trip a year so yeah i just got back from south africa and that was amazing and relaxing and yeah wow any advice you have for aspiring journalists or you know anybody that that is interested in pursuing a career in media, whether it be in gymnastics or maybe even in a different sport? Um, I would just say write as much as you can, even if it's for no one, even if it's just for your own silly Tumblr or something like that. Like you, if you find a way to write about something and you can do it in a way that you want to write about it on your own personal space, then you can kind of build up, not just like, a resume of like your own or like a a workbook of your own sort of stuff but you can also build up your talent a little mm-hmm. bit more and your voice and everything um that comes with writing consistently that really helped me when I was first watching the sport I would watch YouTube videos and then like give my commentary about them as if I was like a commentator and so even though it was like basically just for me and maybe like five people that followed me it was still a really good way to help develop my voice and help become a better writer. And then also just like reaching out to anyone who has an established website or blog or even 
like newspaper or magazine, you never know. Um, you can reach out to any sort of like op-ed team and for like, I know Huffington Post has a really good op-ed section and like you can reach out to them literally and just be like, I want to write about this and they'll let you know if they'll accept it or not. So reach out to people and offer what you have and really just get yourself out there and get that experience. And then I think once you start building up on on your profile, kind of your portfolio, kind of, then you're getting the experience. And then you're also being able to say like, oh, I've written for this person, for this person, for this person, and people will take you super seriously as a journalist. And that's for any sport or anything, really. I think the more you get yourself out there and get yourself known, the easier it is to kind of transition into a full-time career as well. Oh yeah, that's great advice. Did you ever write any, have you written any other sports or has it always just been about gymnastics? The first sport I ever wrote about actually was golf <laughs> for my um, school newspaper. So yeah, I've written about a few others, but golf was definitely the worst <laughs> one. <laughs> and okay. And my last question, what does life in a Leo mean to you? Um, I think life in a Leo means being kind of like a badass, kind of like, you know, when you grow up as a gymnast and you grow up in a Leo, pretty much you learn how to be tough, how to be prepared. I think carrying that into life and using your voice and being heard and um, just really making yourself into a strong person who can handle anything, whether it's gymnastics or whether it's anything in life. I think that's definitely what it means to me. And I think having seen all of these girls who came forward in the Larry Nassar case, like now really being able to stand up and use their voice, like that to me is kind of like the epitome of life in a Leo because you're not just in a Leo in gymnastics. Like if you carry on that mindset of everything you've learned within the sport into your everyday life, I think there's so much you can learn within the sport and it's kind of getting, you know, bad rep right now in the press because everyone thinks, Oh, this happened in gymnastics. Gymnastics is inherently bad, but because I think so many of these girls came up through gymnastics. I think that's what gave them that strength to all kind of use their voices and um, come forward and really make themselves heard. So to me, that's definitely what it means. Amazing. Wow. I feel like I could talk to you forever. This was really, really awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Cool. If you are listening on iTunes, please make sure to subscribe, review, and rate us, but also head over to leotard.com or Rebecca's Mom Leo on Instagram, where you can see lots of great pictures from our guest Lauren. This week, we asked about your best things at States, and we actually heard from lots of you. Thank you so much for sharing these great moments. Congrats to everyone that had the opportunity to compete last weekend. Here are some of those moments. At Zoe underscore Pelfrey competed level eight states in Ohio where she won beam floor vault and all around and took second on bars. Wow. Congrats Zoe on a great meet at Callie McVeigh underscore made her double pike on floor. Nice job Callie at Ha K Alkin gymnast made her full bar routine in competition for the first time at states. Woohoo. Getting it done when it counts. Nice work. At Flippin underscore Kira got a 965 on bars at Level 8 States in Southern California, winning first place. Love that half pirouette stalder combo. Nice job. And at Sarah Paul Ella 3 from Athletic Edge in New York, made it to regionals, competed a huge Yurichenko layout on vault, and had an overall great meet. 
You guys did amazing stuff out there. It's been so fun receiving your best things in the gym this week from States. So please make sure to keep them coming. We love hearing from you. That's it for this week. We hope everyone who has the weekend off gets to enjoy it. And if you're competing, hope you have a great meet. There's going to be some awesome NCAA gymnastics out there. So make sure to look for it. It's conference championships. So SECs, Pac-12s, all that good stuff. And of course, don't forget to point your toes.